OMG, episode 500, (laughs) a two-part journey, because math is hard, so these two episodes count as one, is continuing now. (laughs) Miss me yet? (laughs) Back to the clip, clip, clips. Speaking of episodes that celebrate certain numbers, we've talked about 300, you're listening to 500, so let's talk about four. Um, I didn't know what it was that I was going to do. I've um, been so thankful and excited to have held so many AG Lives over the years, uh, online, in person, both with a live stream. And for 400, there was one thing that I really genuinely wanted to do, which was both fun for me and also a little bit of an inside joke, LOL, to AGs, because as any longtime or honestly recent listener (laughs) would probably know, I'm obsessed with Chris Manzo. I have been since the moment that he first appeared on New Jersey with his mom. Oh, he's like completely my kind of guy. Um, Really funny, really bright, really smart, really quick. And I know that people have always kind of sidled up to Albie, but Chris Manzo has always been a my man Uh, to the extent that, you know, one of my Christmas cards was inspired by a little photo opportunity between Chris and myself at BravoCon when I asked Albie repeatedly to get out of frame so that the (laughs) picture would just be Chris and myself. Um, And thank you to Albie for his understanding, albeit uh, some level of confusion (laughs) at the request. So anyway, when it came to AG400, I just thought to myself, I mean, I got to ask Chris Manzo to come on the pod. He was not aware at that point that this was going to be like a Hallmark episode, that it would be, you know, a big number, 400, um, which I then explained to him after we um, started recording. It was a Zoom um, with Chris and myself where I was just like, so you might be curious as to why you're on this episode. And this is at the beginning of a recording. So trying to figure out a way to share with him that he has kind of been a little bit of a through line for the podcast without maybe scaring him (laughs) was something that I kind of didn't really know how I was going to figure out what I was going to do to figure it out until, you know, halfway through Uh, my little shenanigan spiel with Chris of like, yes, um, this is AG400. And no, that is not an accounting error. You are specifically on this show on this episode for a reason. And um, let's discuss. Uh, I compared it to when Rosie met Tom for anyone who remembers that iconic moment from the Rosie O'Donnell show. There are potentially not... um, tons of similarities there. But yes, sure, absolutely. There are a couple. Uh, So this is me trying to explain to Chris um, why it was that he was on such an important episode. And thanks to Chris for his sense of humor. Welcome to Andy's Girls, Chris Manzo. Chris Manzo, how are we? I, I think we're good. Thank you for asking. I don't believe you that people have been asking since you started. I don't believe that. But I appreciate you saying it. Let me just fill you in a little bit on the history of Andy's Girls. So today is the 400th episode, which is a big Oh, I feel special. You should feel special. And this is, in fact, quite truly a special episode because I don't know. We are in the same age bracket, spiritually mid-20s plus. And I don't know if you watched the Rosie O'Donnell show during your childhood as I fervently did. Okay. so I had a squeegee. What is it? Squishy? Squishy. A squid. Oh, Remember the things she used to throw? Yeah, the fucking thing. Yeah. I have a funny Rosie O'Donnell story when this is over. 
Oh, can't wait for that. That'll be a nice little um, palate cleanser after what I'm about to tell you. But um, so you know how Rosie O'Donnell had her, you know, very on the up and up, like fun, communal affection for Tom Cruise? I do. Okay. I really do. That is, in fact, the role that you have played on Andy's Girls throughout the course of the podcast 912 That makes years. me want to jump on a couch with excitement. <laughs> and it will go as well, if not better, than it did for Tom and Katie. So I really very much appreciate that. So I did want to fill you in, um, in no way awkwardly, about the ways that this uh, episode and this conversation with you specifically is quite a delight for AGs at home. By the time this conversation's over, you'll see that really it's very hard to make me feel awkward in any way. I've li- I've seen some things. Okay, great. Well, challenge accepted is what I'll say to that. What's your Rosie O'Donnell story? Oh, I, I, I have to think about whether or not I could tell it. But we went to her house one time, uh, like super randomly. We were in uh, Miami and um, she just like reached out to my mom and was like, do you want to come to our house and just like hang out? And we did. And there's some funny things that I don't, I have to, nothing that she even knows about, <laughs> like, just like pranks, like me and my sister, my brother and Greg Bennett was there. And uh, of course my mom, but we were just like playing pranks on each other, like in her house. But like, we always have a little game. Like we always like try to like, oh, who could like, you know, I, I don't want to say we didn't steal anything, but like that was the goal <laughs> was to steal something. But then everything was so nice and we felt bad. We couldn't steal anything, but also I'm lying. And maybe by the end, I'll tell you what I stole, but it was, <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, the second that the scandal broke, all of our attention seemed to be directed to all things Vanderpump Rules for many, many months. And with the VPR season 11 premiere upon us, it seemed like a good time to take a look back at some of the VPR coverage on AG. Now, Dylan and I were here, Dylan Hafer, obviously, um, also known as Sweet Baby Dill, and I were here in the office recording an episode of AG Classic. We were offline, obviously, during that time, unbeknownst to us, as we were recording an episode, news about the scandal first dropped on, I think, TMZ and Instagram. Uh, Ariana's brother commented. We were trying to, fi- people were trying to figure out what was happening and whether or not this was real. So he and I finished recording. I started to put away the equipment and Dylan checked his phone and said, Oh my God, essentially something happened. And I went, What? And he said, Tom and Ariana broke up. I don't even remember if he said if that it was because of Rachel, then known as Raquel, also, I guess, then also known as Rachel. Um, and I said, oh, my God. And I just immediately put the equipment, <laughs> took the equipment back out, started putting it together. And I said, let's record. And because the full episode of AG Classic had been put to bed, it wouldn't have made sense to just pick up our mics and included in that episode, I thought, let's just immediately record a Patreon. It was an emergency Patreon I put up immediately after where I said to Dylan, like, I don't know anything that's happening. You need to explain to me what's going on. I was just all over the place trying to understand and figure out Raquel that Raquel? I mean, that was the thing that was so shocking to me in addition to everything else um, and has stayed uh, honestly surprising. And, um, you know, Rachel has now premiered her podcast um, produced by Bethany. 
And it's something that I haven't had a chance to listen to, but I really do want to deep dive it, hopefully explore it on an upcoming AG Classic or Patreon episode, because so much of our focus and interpretation of her behavior has been based on, obviously, our perception, what we're watching on episodes, what other people are saying, who know these people, and, you know, things discussed on Watch What Happens Live or media pieces as this became like a CNN banner all over the place, New York Times covering it, everybody else. And so this really with Rachel's pod is the first time that we are potentially hearing her voice um, not guided by Bethany's kind of motives with everything reality reckoning. And so I am curious to listen to it to see how her uh, opinions of her behavior then and experience now match up with what she said on the show or to Bethany or um, somewhere else versus what has just recently come out. So uh, I'm excited to listen to it. Um, and here is also a sneak peek, not a sneak peek. I mean, it's been out for months, but um, <laughs> window into Dylan and I really genuinely cut on recording, just truly trying to understand what was going on how on earth Tom and Ariana broke up, what all of this means. And at that point, VPR season 10 had started. There were a couple episodes that had been up before this news broke out. I hadn't seen those episodes because I was just planning to catch up at some point. I mean, if anybody had watched VPR season nine, I think you can understand that like it didn't feel like a rush to watch VPR 10 in a timely manner until all of this happened. So when the news came out, Dylan had watched the episodes that had already aired on 10. I hadn't had a chance to at that point. So there was also that kind of difference of maybe his understanding of what happened connected to what it was that he was watching in real time and me not having had a chance at that point to watch. I think it made for an interesting episode and conversation. And this is obviously available in full on the AG Patreon. So let us listen to that Scandaval scoop. Okay, we just recorded Andy Scrolls Classic and I was saying to Dylan Hafer, oh, we could have recorded a Patreon, but I decided to extend the AG Classic forever. And then I um, I started taking apart the, also this is um, AG Patreon. Hi guys, here with Dylan Hafer. Um, you know him from Mention It All and Bravo by Betches and being amazing at Betches Media. Uh, and so we, uh, I started taking out the recording stuff and he has a look on his eye. He's He's truly doing the work right now, guys. You'll hear him in a second. But he had a look on his eye and I was like, what happened? Like, I thought it was, I was like, this better be good news. You know, when you guys, when there's like breaking news in the Bravo universe and you don't know what to do, we're just finding this news out now. It broke, I guess, while we were recording, Dylan saw it pop up on his timeline or social immediately after we stopped. And I haven't heard anything aside from me showing his phone, at which point I just started plugging all of the equipment back in and said, we need to record and talk about this. We need to deep dive. So guys, welcome to the Andy Scrolls Patreon. Um, you know me as the me that you know, and I am here with Dylan Hafer, who I just recorded with for 1700 hours for the next AG Classic. And we are going to discuss some breaking news. And Dylan is, I think, posting to, I'm just staring at him right I now. Already- I posted. Okay. You posted. Hi. Okay, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is incredible. I, I feel like we are here at CNN. Oh my god. This is 
not quite C-SPAN. It is giving CNN. Okay, so I'm going to read you some information. And guys, and I don't know this. you have not seen anything. I don't. I, I, all I have seen is a screenshot. I actually feel a little bit like I could cry. And I'm, I'm behind on Vanderpump Rules. I'm three episodes behind. But I, I know my spirit. I could cry right now. I'm very upset about this. Okay, so the TMZ. I'm going to... I don't know what, do something terrible to this man. Okay, so the TMZ headline is Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox call it quits. Allegations he cheated with co-star Raquel Levis. Um, so I can't. I, 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 yeah, okay. So James, I'm holding it together. James Kennedy mm-hmm. posted this TMZ screenshot on his Instagram feed with no caption. Wait, like on his grid, not stories? Yeah. Okay. Um. He comment so he didn't post a caption, but he commented on the post and said, "Hope you all feel as sick as I do. This explains everything." Um, in response to that comment, um, Dana, like Dada Danes, no, Dana, like Dana oh, Cappen, okay. <laughs> like Dana Pam. Um, she was she said absolutely sickening, cowards to the core. Um, and then I'm gonna read you. Uh, this is all new, guys. This literally just happened. I'm trying to go to... Okay, J- this is what Jeremy Maddox, Ariana's brother, near as I can tell, um, Ariana may have deactivated her Instagram. Already? She's, she's not coming up when I search for her. <gasps> oh um, my God, my queen. This is what Jeremy Maddox, Ariana's brother, okay. said on James's post. Okay, in a comment. <clears throat> Breaking news. It's funny to watch people social climb and be so fake that they're willing to shit on people that are supposed to be their, quote, best friend, a term that gets thrown around very often here, all just to come up or have some sort of storyline. This lifestyle and this group is beyond toxic, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, all just for clout from a corny-ass network like Bravo TV. Laugh emoji. <laughs> Tom's a tryhard having a midlife crisis with his cringy band, and Raquel has faked her way to the top, trying to make something of her life, willing to step on whoever to get there, starting with James. Sellout type lame shit. Let's all remember that Raquel was a fan of the show before all of this. Does anyone pay attention? You guys, if you saw my mouth. Wait, he said that was all Jeremy? That was all and Jeremy. And who is he talking about with the fan thing? That, that was Raquel. all about Raquel? He said, it's funny to watch. Okay, I'm, he, said I'm going Tom, to- he said Tom's having a midlife crisis, and don't forget Raquel was a fan trying to get on the show. She's faked her way to the top. Um, and then Lala, somebody else commented, like a rando person commented, these two are the most vile subhumans I've ever met. And Lala uh, responded to that comment and said, I've been telling y'all, everyone said I was a bully. It's called You Trigger Me, and I see you for who you are. I've known these two are disgusting from the jump. Who said that? Lala. Wow. And then Ryan Bailey, it looks like Ryan Bailey commented, I'm going to James's, I'm at James's Instagram and said, why are you posting this? They're your friends. Another account, Bravo Snarkside, dude, you have no moral high ground here. How many times have you cheated? Wow, wow, wow. When is the next time any of these people are on Watch What Happens Live is my question. Oh my God. Get a camera on Kristen Doty. Kristen Doty, when are you going to acknowledge all of this taking place? I mean, and Kiki Rail is going live with Ryan. Um, how do you uh, how do you process this? I, it, it is enough to me. I would gasp of, about them breaking up, maybe amongst allegations he cheated. But it is quite another to have this happen with a co-star, let alone with Raquel. Like this is 
the the breakup alone is shocking to me, genuinely shocking. The fact that it might have involved cheating and then adding on to that cheating with a co-star is like, that's actually unbelievable to me. Not to say I don't believe it, but this is just genuinely shocking. Yeah. I don't, I mean. I mean, how do you process it? You've seen more episodes of it than I have. I, I mean, there's nothing really in the show in this season so far to like add color to this breaking news that I don't know when this happened, but I mean, like it's tough because I think Raquel based on her trajectory with James and the way that James is often kind of acting Raquel is kind of a, an easy person to root for on the show. You kind of, she's set up this season, especially like a little bit of a wounded dog. You know, she she did break up with James, but James is kind of James is treating her like shit a little bit. Um, you know, she he's really the way he's talking about his new girlfriend is kind of unkind to Raquel and dismissive of what they had. Um but, you know, it's it's tough because I think you know, what we're hearing in these comments from people like James and Lala are like, basically, Raquel has been putting on a performance and we knew and we told you. And this is that being the performance being that she's not as innocent as she might appear. Yeah. And that she's a social climber and that she came on the show as a fan and that she was, you know, stepping on people to get to the top. I don't. And I mean, that's what Jeremy is saying in his comment, too. I think there's always, you know, a question of who is the most, you know, who do you, whose side of the story do you trust the most? And certainly I don't think James Kennedy is the person who I find to be the most reliable in all things. But you you can't deny that he has been around these people. He knows Raquel intimately. They were literally engaged. Uh, you know, Lala has a lot of experience with both of them. So you know, in a situation like this, uh, it it makes sense. They have a perspective that very few other people could have. I think most Bravo podcasters in looking at your kind of numbers, downloads or whatever, would probably find a common thread that a lot of our um, most highly downloaded episodes were Scandaval based because people wanted all things content. And it was an opportunity to really deep dive all of this with a lot of my favorite people. One of the episodes that I'm really genuinely so proud of out of 500 is a roundtable panel episode um, post uh, Scandaval uh, reunion part three with um, three of my favorite people and favorite content creators, Kiki Monique, also known as the Talk of Shame, Emily D. Baker, and Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo, also known as BBDB. And to have a panel episode of us just kind of sharing our thoughts immediately following the Scandaval reunion and how all of this ties in and having it be a conversation of four women, I mean, this does pass the Bechdel test. Um, 
I think is important. And, you know, Housewives obviously focuses on a uh, the experience of womanhood for housewives and, and friends of and on many non-housewives related shows. And yet often it's framed by and discussed by men. And as a woman content creator, as a woman podcaster, I've always been really focused on as much as possible hearing other women's voices. Because I think when talking about women, it's important to hear from women and hear their perspectives. It's also why I think for many of us, the Rachel of it all was so fascinating because um, we say at one point in this episode, you know, like all men are shit, but from a friendship perspective to understand the ways that Ariana may have felt betrayed, it felt to some of us sort of... um, incomprehensible for a friend to engage in that kind of betrayal. So the conversation over um, the course of this episode certainly began and focused on Tom. And um, I was really intrigued by our thoughts at that point, just, you know, straight off of the uh, reunion finale episode, essentially the last part of the reunion to hear from Kiki and Emily and BBDB about their thoughts on obviously Tom, you know, as we understand the boyfriend, uh, but also really their thoughts on the ways that Rachel was presenting herself on the reunion and how it is that she moves forward. If the show is really a good fit for her and a healthy choice for her to continue on. This is well before she decided not to return to the show, which I think was the right call for her to make. Um, And who knows if she'll be back. Anything's possible. But uh, this is kind of our thoughts on all things Rachel uh, from episode 421, also known as Once Upon a Time in West Hollywood, a Scandaval special. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on Raquel are, yes, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. You know, she's in her late 20s and a man, I guess, at 40, 41, I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Uh, Mentally, I don't think he's there. And that's that's his journey that he needs to go on. Um, I don't know that she will ever grow the way that she needs to by staying on the show, because I think that brings out the worst in her, which is acting however she thinks that people want to see, saying what she thinks people want to see, thinking about how can I get ahead? What do I need to do to be like the number one gal in this group kind of a thing? So it depends. I mean, if mess is the answer, then she'll give that. But especially because she has had a life where she went from, you know, college to trying to do some pageants to dating James. I think they were together for like five years. He took care of things. He paid for things, apparently. She really does need to stand on her own two feet. I think that's the biggest takeaway a lot of people have watching her. It's like, well, who are you? Who? What would you like to be? What are your opinions on things? Yes, you're protecting Tom and he wanted you to do this, but what did you want to do? And you can click your heels together and start doing whatever you want to do any minute, whenever, whenever you decide. So she has to realize that. Yeah, but the thing that concerns me about even her attempts at growth, aside from in addition to the fact that this environment is the exact opposite of what she needs, is that she has clearly defined her independence as a direct correlation to the affair. That her finding herself and not needing to make anybody happy and, you know, being her own person, it's directly connected to her identity, which 
has a huge component specific to Tom, not only about independence and about being someone who allegedly isn't desperate to be liked, but about finding love. Like she thinks the definition of love is, and I don't even mean to be like graphic, is just like fucking Tom, because I don't know what else is there. And even the way that she talked about maybe in the tail end in the last five minutes, uh, you know, I don't want to betray him by telling the truth. The fact that he taught her or showed her or they understood within each other's dynamic that tr- that betrayal would be uh, stopping the lie train from taking place. Like she's talking about how upset she is to deceive, but apparently she doesn't believe that she deserves to tell the truth because that would upset Tom. It's like so fucked. It's I don't know how you get out of that dynamic, let alone the show. The most emotion she showed early on in the reunion was when she was upset at Tom with the way he was talking about his relationship with Ariana during the reunion. And she was like, it seems that maybe Ariana thought you were still in a relationship because you were leading her to believe you were still in a relationship. And it seemed like that's when she was realizing that Tom was lying to her on the side about what their relationship was like. And she hadn't realized that before. I'm wondering if that's why she sat down with production because she was like, what Tom was telling me she got to see at the reunion was not true. And she felt betrayed by Tom because he was still with Ariana, intimate with Ariana and going along as if he was still going to maintain his life with Ariana. And that's when we see her start to shift in the trailer being like, what? And then, and then after that, Tom's like, get this camera out of my face. I need to talk to her. I wonder if that's the moment where he was losing control of her and and what she would say and not able to rein her back in to get on script when they went back out to the reunion. Can I say something super dark just to throw this in here? Always. I mean, hello. Welcome to Andy's Girls. What if one of the reasons that she recorded that confessional with production wasn't even necessarily to maybe take a step away from Tom and hold him accountable, but to get more information. Maybe that was the only way to talk to production and be like, so Tom's saying stuff, but he told me stuff, but I love him. But can someone explain to me what just what just took place at the reunion? And the response is, yes, we can unpack it, but it has to be on camera. And so that was the currency exchange was like more information Maybe coupled with it doesn't take away from her maybe wanting to tell the truth and wanting to release. Obviously, as we saw, it was like an explosion at the end. But maybe there was also some other stuff going on. And maybe production's the only people she had left to talk to because Variety put out today, I think it was scene scene of the scene or whatever. Variety did thing. And um, I don't remember which member of production it was was saying she reached out and wanted to sit, wanted to talk to production. So I think you hit the nail on the head that production might've been the only, the only place she had to talk to and maybe unburden herself a little. And they're like, it'll be on camera. And she was like, I just need to talk to somebody that is, you make a great point in that, Sarah. I mean, listen, you know, I love to make a scene and I haven't actually even watched that yet, even though Kate Arthur was recently on AG. So that is a great reminder. There's so much fucking content out right now in response. Like I'm working my way through the glamour profile. There's a lot going on. But that's also the thing with Raquel. Like I honestly felt so much rage about this at the beginning. And it's like, 
as as uh, I think it was Ariana said to Andy at one point, like all men are trash. And he's like, yeah, no, I agree. We are. And and also my interactions with have also proven men are terrible to date. And it's like not to take away from Tom, because also through part three, it's like he is the absolute supervillain of supervillains to me. Just apologies. But like with Raquel, I'm like, oh, my God, it's just so complicated. So I don't want to suggest uh, Kiki, as you said, in like com- having conversations about through the lens of empathy and and just honestly understanding like what is going on. It's not to excuse her behavior. Um, and, and it's to me like not to necessarily give her an out. It's just to say that from a point of curiosity, because she doesn't know who she is, neither do we, there is an opening there for a lot of conversation. And also like, I, I don't know. I, I think that there was an absolute element of control. And other women need to see this because there is there are a bunch of women right now who are having relationships, maybe with their best friend's man right now, that need to watch this play out and, and see the signs of like, is this man behaving like Sandoval? If so, you're going to end up like Raquel. So watch this cautionary tale as it plays out. You know, like I would have, you know, I would have loved in the reunion, you know, Again, Raquel is seeing things, and that's why six days later she goes to production. But if in that moment she had had just, I don't know, the awareness when Tom said, yeah, she was wearing a fucking t-shirt, to be like, fuck you, Tom. Don't you ever fucking talk to a woman like that. Not that Ariana would have cared. She would have been like, I don't want you to have my back. But I would have loved to have seen that for her because I think that would have just given the audience something of like, you're, you're starting to like, I don't know, take the red pill, whatever the pill is like, you're, you're waking up. Right. I don't think she can process that he would do that to her, even though we saw glimpses of it when they were on the couch together and she was giggling like, Oh, we can't kiss on camera. But then she's like, I'm just having a hard time with the fact that like you would do this to Ariana who you love so much, but you wouldn't do it to me. And then we see Tom kind of pull her back in. So we know that she thought about it. And that's what makes, for me, it hard to look past it because she says it. She says she's aware. She's talking about the fact that she knows that he could turn around and do this to her. And she still just goes right down the rabbit hole. And maybe it took to the reunion for her to pull it off. But then it's like, okay, even though I'm sitting here, I'm not defending Raquel. But no, no, like, I love I the see, devil's advocate. I, this is the same space. Advocate. Women supporting women, meaning the four of us. Just the four of us. Okay. Everybody else can go fuck themselves. Just no. the four of core four. Core four. Shan style. Yes, and. At the end of the reunion, when her and Tom go back to the dressing room and, you know, he's like, you know, they're kind of like, oh, that was tough and I couldn't get through it. But then they start giggling. And then she says something like, you know, the part that really got me was when James said that Allie was an upgrade. And then like, she goes, well, I guess she is now. (laughs) And they both, and they both start laughing. They both start laughing because he's actually laughing at her. She's realizing she's trash. Like, and so then in that moment, I'm like, who the fuck are you two? You are And so then I'm like, do I I don't know. I don't know. I keep going back and forth. So do I. So do I. I don't know because there's parts of me that feel bad for her and feel empathy for her and was like, how manipulated was she by Tom? But then there's part of me that's like this betrayal of Ariana. You shouldn't be able to be manipulated by anybody to betray a friend the way that you betrayed your friend who was so close. And then to know that cameras are rolling. Like there's a whole nother level. This is not just playing out in somebody's high school, because this is all very high school shit. But to know cameras are also rolling, I don't know. I think 
both she and Tom enjoyed the thrill of it. 100%. Mm-hmm. One, that's Halloween in a nutshell. Absolutely. And I yeah. think she knew what she was doing was wrong, even if she didn't know how bad it was going to blow back onto her because she thought they were smarter than the whole world and nobody was ever going to find out. That's why she felt comfortable. What You would never be talking to Ariana about the intimate details of her relationship, their sex life, all of that, if you thought your secret was ever going to come out because that looks horrifying. So they were just cocky, I think. I think she thought Tom was going to leave Ariana and there would be a pause and then the two of them would start dating because she was there to pick up the pieces and that her story arc would be the Tom and Ariana story arc nine years ago. I think she saw it it playing out that way in her head. Like, okay, this is going to end and they're just not happy and then I get to pick up and now I'm Ariana of the show. That's right. Absolutely. Single white female, like just yep. cut her little face out of the photo. I'm going to move into the house. And I'm sure Tom was telling her, Ariana told me if we ever broke up, she's leaving California. She's not going to be on the show. She's not going to do any of this. Like if we ever break up, she's out, you're in, you're going to be the number one chick in this yeah. group and you're going to be on my arm. And it's all like, I'm a restaurant owner and I own Tom Tom and I'm in a I'm sure he was gassing her up with all of that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's also precedent there. We've seen this happen so many times, which is what a lot of people are referencing in saying this is not a big deal. The difference, however, is Ariana. It's a different yeah. dynamic. It's a nine-year established relationship with people who considered and called themselves life partners. And Tom's partner was someone who truly supported him and had implicit, explicit trust. Like she had off camera and off camera conversation with Sheena. You know, I think that there's something going on here. And Ariana was like, thank you so much. Thank you for doing this off camera. I appreciate it. But I trust my boy. I trust one of my best friends and I trust my boyfriend. And that's the missing piece that Raquel and Tom can't understand. Why are they being treated so poorly? And it's because the person that you shit on happens to be among the best. Like it's. There is that factor there. They don't understand why it's different than when Tom left Kristen and the two of them were cheating on each other. Kristen and Ariana aren't friends. She's like, why is it different than when like Lala and James hooked up there? If you can't see the differences there, we have bigger problems. Yeah. Yeah. And that was to me such a time suck. I'm like, it's part three. It's part three. We got to get going here. (laughs) And they they wasted so much time talking about perceived transgressions of Lala and James from five plus years ago. I was like, that everything please it's part you were you were screaming objection relevance objection relevance asked and answered (laughs) like we've got rachel sitting right over there for a limited amount of time sheena's in a trailer what are we doing here andy ciao ags i am speaking to you right now from rome italy where i am having a little bit of a european adventure while i love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites the vatican we went to the pantheon earlier today there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in and while i really enjoyed getting to know fabrizio the owner of the flat there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. 
It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible, memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a Top Chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Now, when I asked AGs on IG for moments that they wanted to hear on a potential clip, clip, clip spectacular, many of those moments are 
included and have been included in the episode that you've been listening to thus far. And I did get an ask for this moment, which I was genuinely surprised by, but delighted (laughs) to include because AG obviously, LOL, talks about Housewives, talks about Bravo, talks about TV with uh, the most recently premiered Taking It Personally, which is something that I wanted to do for a very, very, very long time. And I'm so, so thankful um, that is finally here because it's a truly a real delight and offers the ability to kind of branch out to other non-Housewives Bravo shows and non-Bravo shows, um, anything and everything that people want to discuss, which uh, I love because TV has always been my love language and I am truly, truly obsessed. Um, And I'm constantly watching like 10 different shows at once. It's a mess. And then rewatching and then rewatching again. Anyway, this is a moment that doesn't have to do with Housewives or TV, but because AG includes LOL human people talking about their lives. I had just returned from this incredible trip to Paris and London and during London had like the meat cute of meat cutes. And this man in this rom-com dream scenario, well, let me just have myself explain it better. Um, In an episode from episode 107, which feels incredibly low, but I guess that's where I was. It was closer to the beginning than not. Episode 107 with Caitlin Brodnick, uh, where we talked about that kind of moment, the London walk with Noodle, which is (laughs) the way that I that I think of him now and that I treasure the memory of of what occurred. Day two in London, I did a high tea at the Ritz in London because I was like, because you're class. Because I'm class. And they, and it was total class with the Countess. Um, and they met all of, I have all these crazy dietary restrictions, which they were able to meet. They were phenomenal. I walk in, a guy puts a fucking napkin on my lap. I was like, where am I? They, they bring out the, cause it's a, it was an afternoon tea. They bring out the tea service. They put it on the table and I like look around frantic. I'm like, I don't know how to like touch uh-huh. stuff. And it's because they come around. They like serve you, you in every way. They always touch the pot and like whatever else. And they, it was so wonderful, but. I thought I was going to eat like a gluten-free scone and like get the rest wrapped and be like a pretty lady. I ate, I like gorged (laughs) on everything. I waddled out. I couldn't stop eating because it was so good. They had gluten-free scones with um, quote unquote clotted like coconut cream Mm -hmm. instead of, for instead of dairy. Yes. It was so good. It was so amazing. I had, so that was at 530. I was done there around 730. I had a dinner (laughs) (laughs) at nine. I'm proud of you. I'm thank you so much. And I was like, it was like that moment in pump rolls where they're like puke and rally, puke, puke and rally. Oh yeah. Like I didn't actually vom, but I genuinely was like, I feel like the marshmallow man. I went to that dinner at this amazing like new Indian place, um, which is a phrase I just made up Mm -hmm. in Chelsea called Kahani, one of the best meals of my entire life. And then after that, I was like, I want to go to jazz because I went to a lot of live jazz while I was there. So I go to what I thought was an 11 o'clock show. They said it was midnight. I said, no problem. So they had like a show before the show upstairs. Walk back down. It's like one of the most famous jazz places in London. Walk back down. There's this guy in line. This like British guy in line. We start talking. Tall (laughs) and dashing. We start talking. They like bring us in to like 
you know, seat us and it's like, you know, nice seating in the front and then like side tables and stuff. And the server looks at me and he's like, you look like a VIP. Let me bring in the front. And that guy who was in front of me was sitting in a back table. And I said to him, would you like to join me? Like, Uh, yeah, of course, we started up a conversation. Someone thinks you're a VIP. You got to spread the wealth. I mean, I am so generous. You are. I am. So you didn't have to bring him up. I didn't have to bring him up. So he joins me at the table. We start talking. He tries to buy me a drink a couple times. I have gained 47 and a half pounds in the last three hours. So I was like in no mood for sure. alcohol or anything else. You're done. You're I was out. I was done. I just wanted water and like maybe my bed. We start talking at this like midnight show, talk for about 90 minutes. And he says, do you want to? I would say, do you want to go for a drink? But you're not drinking. I was like, yeah. And he's like, do you want to go for a little walk? And I said, mm-hmm. sure. We ended up walking from 1.30 in the morning until after the sun came out. Mm. He, I had to take a Eurostar. I am so not well-traveled. He's like, you should stay. You shouldn't go on that train. And I was like, I was like, I have to because I don't know how Eurostars work. I didn't know that you could like easily reschedule them. Okay. We walked seven miles. He gave me a private tour of everything in London. He's like kind of bougie in one of those like club one of those like clubs that like the princes are patrons of so we walked by that we like walked by the Thames we walked through everything we he whatever it was it was (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it was Things really like private for a reason. It was. It was a I wish there was stuff for me to like keep private. It really, nothing happened, which made it all the more like rom com cute and very romantic and like kind of sexy in the sense that like he was like British. That's really yeah. all it takes. And um, so when we're wa- he's walking me back to my hotel, and I'm like, "How's this going?" And he goes, "Can I give you my number?" And I was like. Of sure, of course. Yeah. And I decided at that moment to give him my business card, which I always love to give to people because it features a cartoon of me, and I, I think it. it's really funny. It. Oh yeah, you have it. I love. I it. think it's like I think it's, it's hilarious. Thank you so much. So I give him the business card. He's like, I don't need to give the. You don't need to give this to me right now. I was like, No, no, let me give it to you. And um, that's what she said. And then we walk to the the shitty hotel that I'm staying in in Soho, which was totally fine, but like literally a closet. Otherwise, I would have invited him up. And. So we like said goodbye and I was like, when you're in New York, I'd love to give you a tour. Bounce chicken wow wow. And I so he had my card, which has my silent email. And I forgot to get his info, which he had offered to me and I had accepted. We said goodbye. I went upstairs, immediately started texting like 10 to 15 friends and being like, you will not fucking believe I took a a picture of the sunrise. I was like, this was insane. Go back to Paris. And then I started thinking about it. And I'm like, I don't actually know anything (laughs) about him. I think his name was ramen all right because i remember thinking noodle okay and that's all i know i know that he went to cambridge whatever their version of undergrad is and for a phd in something and i know he works at the treasury but guys this is a very long-winded way of saying i don't know how to get in touch with him Yeah, come find me ramen come find me ramen because you know about andy's girls yes I don't actually know if that's your name. And then I also feel like, should I really be searching for him? Because he has my info. But like, isn't this like that movie Serendipity where... I don't know. I didn't see it. But oh, I just I've seen it wanted like to go to the dessert location. That's all I remember. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have seen it so many times. And this is like the book. This is like the mitten. This is like... Was he yeah. my John Cusack? He was tall and British. Did I mention he was tall and British? So, Ramen Noodle, if... I know that your parents have a house in Lisbon. She knows a lot. I know ramen. your education. I know your interests and hopes and dreams. If I anybody do not else know your knows first this ramen noodle. If you guys know this ramen noodle or how to get in touch with him, I literally Googled like the treasure. 
Yeah, I'm a sociopath, and I feel like I should just be grateful for the memory because it was honestly one of the most romantic things that's ever happened to me. But I also feel like ramen. I'm now on WhatsApp, which I wasn't on, but I went to drinks with a friend my last night in Paris, and he was like, "You need to be on WhatsApp. He's going to try to contact you, or like in case he does." So ramen noodle, (laughs) you might be such a good souvenir. I ugh. That, well, is that, that is, not so romantic? It's so it romantic. was so romantic. And he at one point, I am such a fuck up with guys. He at one point like made a joke about like we sh- this is a good selfie moment, and I was like, ha, because I thought he meant me taking a photo of myself, right? And you were like, ugh, millennial joke. And it, and what, then it I was, think he, he meant to be with you. Yeah, I, I am so bad at this. I, I have, I just heterosexual men. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I don't what understand you- them. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I do not I need like a Google Translate for but like also it's it's heterosexual British men because I think they're very yes proper and respectful and Fry you saying like I don't need yours I'll give you mine maybe that's him being like oh I don't I don't, I don't think know. he thinks and the problem was that like he invited you guys I'm gonna get a little excited he invited me back to his place but I honestly was so carb bloated I mean because what, had to go I couldn't <laughs> and it's like I could I had, had four different dishes at the Indian place because I was like fuck it when in when in London I couldn't imagine no. doing anything because I was like I was like we just need to keep walking I need to like walk this off ah. so I now feel like I probably was like friend zoning him inadvertently but I didn't mean to so ramen noodle British ramen noodle with a very posh accent like very posh yes. well okay i guess you could google cambridge i guess i, did, I linked could, I mean, in I, i'm sure you did this is how insane i am i we went, all google we've done i it. went to linkedin and searched for every single person who said their company was hm treasury oh my god i hope that ramen noodle actually isn't listening to this ramen noodle if you're listening to this stop listening and, and just pretend contact. i'm very cool and normal and not at all insane or it's totally flattering because nowadays you have to google like people assume you'd Google. They'd assume you you look stuff up on them. Um, but also, I hope he wasn't lying about that. He could be really posh and like trying to get a job there. No, I think he was telling the truth, even though I don't know. And the problem is like, I don't actually know that was his first name because we were in a jazz club and it was loud. I don't know his first or last name. I don't remember is what he creepy? studied. Did you call the club and oh. ask? <laughs> Did you already? <laughs> I emailed them last night. <laughs> I said... Hashtag, uh, uh, thanks. Shout out to friend of the show, James LaRosa, who was like, what do you have to lose? So I yeah. literally, I'm looking, I emailed Ronnie Scott's where we went and I said, hey, shout out Jazz Club. Um, I ended up going to the May 13th show. I had such a good time. Speaking of, I really enjoyed meeting someone sitting with me and realized I got his name wrong. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> anyway for you to look it up if it helps we sat together at a table in the front section and his two drink order included an espresso martini and some and like a brown liquor which i didn't know what it was mm-hmm. let me know thanks we ended up going for a long walk after <laughs> but, that's so, but of all I countries like sociopath yeah, in all countries i feel like france would get it <laughs> no but this is london oh i'm sorry where are we we're in london no L- france would be like Fuck you. No, France would be like, this is his number. This France is would his... be like, do you need a condo? Yes, France let's would be get like, it together. We have sex. our own person room. Um, no, I this know. is London, which, yeah, it might I... be a little more proper. Uh, see, I, when I was in London studying abroad, I had so many times where it was like an incredibly romantic moment, walking at night, like just kissing in the dark. Like, it's just, it was so lovely. Like, 
London is amazing. I mean, listen, there's so much to think about in thinking about how to, God forbid, attempt to encapsulate 500 episodes of AGN1. But I thought about a moment from that Andy's Girls 18 episode when I was talking to Jill while uh, she was on speakerphone driving (laughs) to a jet to bring her to Boca um, about a moment that uh, we had with Jill's mom, Gloria, who, you know, as a as a Hebrew, as a Jew, as a content creator and everything else, um, listening to Gloria uh, Kvatch and Kvell on Real Housewives of New York was always such a delight and honestly so connective to me because she just reminds me of so many Jewish moms and Jewish grandmothers <laughs> that I know and have experienced in my life. Um, and there was a moment that I 100% fucked up in trying to explain to her how meaningful it was. I used the name of the wrong Jewish holiday, which is sort of an LOL, because in this old episode in which she was talking to one of Jill's cast members about how time flies by. And so you want to remember every moment because you don't know how much longer you have in life and things um, just pass by so quickly that uh, Gloria herself referenced, you know, you go from uh, Passover to Rosh Hashanah or one of those two. And then in describing how meaningful that moment was to me, I used um, the two uh, most closely connected in date, High Holy Days, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So if you're a Jewish person listening to me say, it was so meaningful the way that you said time passes between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, that like does not mean anything. It's like a confusing thing. But when you insert Passover, which happens in the spring instead of the fall, that makes a lot more sense. Um, so I, you know, uh, remarked to Gloria, you know, while on speakerphone, um, while they were driving in a car, how meaningful that moment was to me. And she kind of shared her thoughts. And it uh, just, it, it was a really sweet, I thought, meaningful moment from Andy's Girls 18 talking to Jill's mom, Gloria, about the passing of time. You had a moment with, I don't remember if it was Luann or Bethany, but you would talk about the importance of friendship and how, you yes, know, you want to stay connected. And then it's you from yeah. like Yom Kippur to Rosh Hashanah. And I'm also a Jew. Yes. And I just die for all of it. I die for all of it. To it. Well, the truth is, that's exactly when I said that. It was not only from the heart, but I kind of got swept away. I started to cry myself. It is. Every time I turn around, it's another one. In a couple of months now, it's going to be Rosh Hashanah again. I turn around again, it's Passover. And that's life. And that's what happens. The train starts to roll and it just keeps on going faster and faster. You must hold on to your times and to your events and to your good times in life because they're rare and they don't come as often as you get older. So (sighs) enjoy your life now and make the most of it. I really mean it, dear. Make the most of every day and enjoy your good times because God knows there aren't enough of them. You guys, what a little look back at AG500, just some kind of moments that you guys requested and moments that came to mind over the course of the bajillion years of Andy's Girls then through now. Um, I still truly can't believe that I did 499.5 and three quarters, but I really genuinely needed it. Um <laughs> 
And (laughs) this has honestly been a lot of fun uh, putting this episode together because in addition to attempting to troubleshoot hashtag old audio and honestly hashtag recent audio, an almost impossible endeavor, (laughs) um, it also inspired me to think about so many memories of things that we have all done together over the course of five bajillion episodes, also known as 500, Turtle Timing with Andy Skrull's listeners in London and New York. And shout out to those of you who attended the New York um, Sassafras moment at, um, I was about to call it the Carlisle, LOL, the Regency. Harry Dubin literally sort of joined us um, unexpectedly. And yes, he did give me myself his cell phone. And no, I have not used it since um or or ever at all uh but it was that was an incredible moment where we're truly meeting at the regency as an lol and then who walks in but harry dubin i mean it's true you just can't get rid of the guy he's everywhere anything real hostiles of new york um and then sassing with ags in london was absolutely incredible in a bar that i chose without really or like a restaurant that I chose without really knowing a lot. And it was like, we were in these like little egg-shaped pods. It was fascinating. London is fascinating. Um, And so many episodes that are ones including vulnerability and maybe tears and also the cackle more often than not and screaming matches. (laughs) Myself and the guests being doubled over (laughs) laughing. And from, you know, tech and audio from old audio, with that small little tape recorder. I remember a, um, one of the original episodes, I had the honor and thrill of sitting down with Dame Brian Moylan, who I was such a super fan of. It's incredible that we've become friends. And I remember he was like sitting on the old um, People's People's Couch. And I was, for some reason, sitting, I think, on the floor. And I just like looked at him the entire time with probably my hand under my head, just kind of like cradling myself just in absolute awe of all of his takes. So if nothing else, AG has truly selfishly been an an incredible opportunity to connect with a lot of voices that I personally really, really deeply enjoy and have found incredibly meaningful um, in my life. So um from that to, you know, Sassen and uh, Brian's house recently after BravoCon. What a full circle moment. So um, I have some thank yous I have to um, share to all of the guest co-hosts over the years, housewives, Bravo Lebs, bachelors and bachelorettes as of <laughs> the last year, writers, editors, performers, comedians, fellow AGs, content creators, all of whom have made this episode so to me, really meaningful and an opportunity to hear so, 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 so many different takes um, has been one that for me, who's kind of like a a student of curiosity, it's been incredibly, incredibly fun. And to the many creative collaborators who've helped with AG over the years, graphic design by Daniel Nolan, Andy's Girls theme music composed by Camille Harris, the Taking It personally theme music by T. Kyle, the name of Taking It Pers- Taking It, can you tell? <laughs> has been an undertaking. The name of Taking It Personally created and coined by one of my dear friends, James LaRosa, who I met because his publicist pitched him for Andy Scrolls. And he came and sat down on the old uh, People's People's Couch. And um, one of many things I'm thankful for, the friend's 
um, and people I've grown even closer to as a result of AG, James certainly being at the top of that list. And thanks, James, for taking it personally, which I thought was a joke you were making at my (laughs) expense and didn't realize it was a literal title and then realized, oh, that's actually very good. Honestly, either way, it's very good, but (laughs) knowing that made it even better. Technical consultant Ryan Houlihan, who's always a text or a FaceTime or a visit away over the many generations of hashtag old audio, new audio, even more recently new audio. Now I'm giving counsel to people over their audio. I mean, irony alert on that. Um, all thanks to Ryan. And of course, recording this in the Clawfist. Thank you to Tori Healy Lisi with Studio Piccolo, who created this beautiful space, this recording space in the Clawfist. I remember when I was bringing Jackie Goldschneider in when we recorded an episode um, of AG here in the Cloth, and I like walked her in with her um, lovely PR person and just said, isn't it nice? <laughs> isn't it great, Jackie? Isn't this Clawfist a great place to chat? Um, so all thanks to Tori for being the vision and the designer and the bright light who made this space so incredible in which to have over guest co-hosts. Because you know what? Used to be. Uh, shout out an old Jennifer Convertibles going out of business here in New York City, where I got a couch for $140 plus, I think several hundred dollars of shipping, which is what I had in my living room for many years, which was a, honestly a big upgrade because before that was a folding chair. So to go from a beach folding chair to a Jennifer Convertibles going out of business sale is a huge improvement, let me tell you. And then I have this like sassy little adult spot now. Um, but from the original People's People's Couch to the Clawfist, um, it's just been honestly a journey in a couple different areas of my apartment. So there we go. Thanks to Club Coming, Green Room 42, Loop Live, and Moment for hosting Andy's Girls live events throughout the year. Would you like an upcoming live event? Do you want New York? Do you want online? Do you want New York plus live streaming? Let me know your thoughts. I'm thinking ahead for 2024. And of course, this podcast would not be here without all of you for being a part of this social experiment for sometimes sharing, hopefully, constructive feedback that doesn't also call me a cunt. Just kidding. That also happens more often than not. And hopefully um, sharing and providing very much appreciated grace for things that are said on the podcast and feelings that we have for understanding that at the end of the day, uh, we need to normalize sitting in a little bit of discomfort, including in hearing takes that you might disagree with vehemently because what's the fun of a podcast where everybody agrees? I mean, I'm sure that exists, but um, it doesn't on AG, and I'm I'm genuinely thankful for that. Um, it's enabled me to open up and to appreciate perspectives different from mine, because at the end of the day, it's all about curiosity. And, you know, we're not saying that one person's right and one person's wrong. Although if Shannon isn't in your top five, we should probably chat. It is about just having this experience of all being connected to this franchise and universe in a way that is, you know, experienced differently from one person to the next, but something that we all hopefully like to discuss and certainly watch. Um, So thankful to all of you, to all the AGs, to all the OGs of the AG, to Patreon AGs. Thank 
thank you for enabling the show to continue. My God, you are the reason that I'm able to put up hopefully several episodes a week. Um, and so I just wanted to take this chance and this opportunity to um, say thanks, honestly, because if there's one thing, one prayer, this is, this is a quote of a quote of a quote that a friend once um, shared to me before an event I was producing. But if you, and it was quoting I think Oprah quoting Maya Angelou, but I think some of that was wrong. Um, but that's what they told me at the time, that if there's only one prayer that you can say a day, uh, let it be thanks. So thanks to all of you for being a part of this. Um, <laughs> join the Andrews Girls Patreon. <laughs> number one way to support the pod uh, at patreon.com slash andyscrolls follow me on instagram at dame galley and uh, gotta say thanks all right to be continued in the words of seemingly every other housewives episode at this point this is a to be continued moment here's to hopefully episode 501 thanks so much for listening and we will chat soon bye-bye